Welcome to the Someone Somewhere podcast. It's Thursday, November 9th, and I'm your host, Nicole. This is episode 10. Today I want to talk about how fertility awareness has positively impacted my sex life. And in previous episodes, I've explained what the fertility awareness method is, and I told you about my story and how I healed, and I talked about some common myths and how there are positive health impacts for fertility awareness uh, beyond contraception. So my focus for this episode is to speak on fertility awareness through the lens of sexuality and sex positivity. It's something that comes up ever so often when discussing fertility awareness. I've noticed both with health professionals like gynecologists and just through normal conversation with people, it's not seen as a viable option because it's considered limiting. So there's this idea that fertility awareness necessitates an abstinence period, a period of no sex or no sexuality, and this in our culture is deemed as a negative thing. So one of the ways that it's sort of shirked off by the general public, and like I said, and by health professionals, is through this uh, attitude towards it that it doesn't allow women the freedom that they want to have sex at any time. And I just, I really, that really strikes me as somebody that practices the method as something that really needs to be unpacked. And another perspective, somebody has got to talk about it because Um, I don't think that that's representative of the way that I enjoy my sex life, and I definitely find it offensive that it would be, you know, considered something that I abstain from when I actually lead a very positive, healthy sex life. So I figured I'll go through the four phases of the cycle and look at it through this perspective of what sex is like as someone that is practicing the method. And the first phase, of course, would be the menstrual phase. That would be your day one would be your first day of your bleed. And this is a time for free sex, of course, because you're not excluding a chart or a, a menstrual cycle that is abnormal, of course. But if you've been charting for a while, you know that your menstrual phase is a perfectly good time to have uh, free sex without worry or care of pregnancy. And uh, it's a good time to bond or share. Uh, it's a good time for quietness or alone time if you want, so maybe you have less sex during this time. But some people really enjoy it. I, I've really, you know, after day two or three, like the feelings of want to come in and I'm ready at that time to, to get it on. So, you know, this is another time to think about or ponder things that you might want to do in a few weeks when you are more, your cervix is more open and you have more space in there and you're feeling it, you're having lots of fluid and things like that. It's a more adventurous time. So in the first phase, maybe you reflect on that or figure out what BDSM scene you want to run or role play you want to do or something, a date that you want to go on. Um, It's just a good time to, to plan it all out. 
So then you move into your next phase, your follicular phase. This is your pre-ovulatory phase. And usually for me during this time, I'm not really having any fluid and that's a clear indicator that I'm not anywhere near ovulation yet. So more time to have free sex. This is a little bit more adventurous. You've like come out of your shell now. You're feeling a little bit better and brighter and things like that. So a time to start getting into it and making time for some maybe more fun or more rigorous sex. And like as you get closer to ovulation is when that switches, if you're using it for contraception, of course, um, would be where that switches up because you're able to, for a few days at least, off of your bleed, you're definitely able to enjoy uh, sex with a semen all up in you uh, without an issue. And then you move into ovulation, and arguably for me that's where it gets the most fun because I like the idea of limitation games. I uh, remember in art school they would make us do things like, I don't know, like only paint the blue items in the room and then you'd have to look around and it became more intellectually stimulating because there was a roadblock. So I think of fertility awareness as a contraceptive method in terms of sex in this way where it's not a time to abstain from having sex or being sexual. In fact, you're probably feeling very horny. That's the the way that this is set up for ancient time. We've known how to procreate because we're given the beautiful signals. And because we're smart and we understand and we have control, we can use this to our advantage and then do whatever we want. It's the most amazing thing about this part of the phase. So there are a lot of activities that are still available to you though the only limitation is that you don't want semen to end up in the vagina during this time while there's a lot of cervical fluid and while you're uh, able to procreate. So you have to think about sex not equaling penis in vagina. Sex must become something else to you and it must become some other kind of bonding with the person or persons that you're spending your time with during during that phase. And I think there's a lot of ways to serve each other in really unique ways. And I'm really, really grateful for how important this has changed my view of sex and how much more interesting cycling through these phases is instead of having this static sort of sex life that maybe you have a routine and you kind of get into it, you know, work schedules and things, and then you evaluate after a while, and you're like, oh, we have to do something different, and like with this, I feel like it's a constant creative process. Each week, it's different. I feel different. I acknowledge that I feel different, and my body is shaped differently on the inside. Like, it's really just, it's it's so fascinating, but I particularly like to do other kinds of rope work or fetish stuff during ovulation, lots of head and 69ing, like these different sex acts, not every one is for every person and you find out what you like and what you hate, but there are plenty of things when you start to really 
think about sex in a queer way. Um, and I say queer in the sense of the changing our relationship with what sex is and leaving it really open and allowing young people to explore this. And I think, like I've always said, fertility awareness goes right along with sex education because it is about free sex with whatever persons that you decide to share it with because you have the power and you have the control. And we have to be more honest with with young people about this. And around the ovulation phase, I feel like this is something that is just a huge myth in our society and it really scares young girls uh, because we tell them that it's going to ruin their lives. And as an adult, I see that this is an opportunity to bond with my partner and be so much closer to them and really explore new things during this time. Uh, and, and that's such a blessing, really. I also feel like the use of devices, toys other kinds of objects or games like that's a time for exploration and I think you can really achieve a lot of that in the ovulation phase while you're super heightened and feeling really empowered and also when you're enjoying this and you're doing something exciting with maybe a partner that you've had for a while, but it feels very brand new because it is exciting and new as, as an experience, that is a really satisfying thing for both people. And you can't, you can't reproduce that. That is authentic. And that's something that I really like about you're just playing up all of the, the things about how you change over time in this constant cycle and devices and toys I think it's a really easy way to orgasm and enjoy it and not have to worry about uh, this super heteronormative view of sexuality where it's just like oh when the man's finished we're finished and it's like hold on just completely scramble that egg like we can't we can't keep reproducing this horrific view of sexuality it's really just such a disservice to our whole society to treat sex like this and fertility awareness is just something for me that aids in the exploration of a wide range of activities that are sexual um, and if you have multiple partners or you're bisexual like me and maybe you spend time with your partner that is a woman during this time and, you know, you know there's like all these different arrangements when you start to get outside of uh, the only thing that a lot of us have ever known. And, and that's really the challenge, I guess, is trying to explain your perspective to people who have just internalized what we've all been taught. And then, of course, ovulation passes, and we know this because our cervical fluid dries up. Our cervix gets hard again, and it starts to lower down into the vagina. And our temperature has risen and sustained a, a rising temperature for a few days. So with all three of those signs, it's very clear that the egg has lived and died, and it's 
on its way out in just a few weeks with the rest of the endometrial lining. So the post-ovulatory or luteal phase is where I start to turn inward and my view on sexuality changes again because I start to want that more close, warm, romantic sex, like those cradle sex, like cuddling, sleepy sex, pillows sex, like it's a different, uh, it's a different phase altogether. Um, and things start to change mentally. Um, and you know, you've definitely confirmed through the, the data that you've ovulated. So there's a lot of like perfect final stroke sex, which is really fun too, you know, just like there's no worry at all, no worry at all about pregnancy and you can just be very close and enjoy it and, you know, get the enjoyment of making your partner feel really good too. Um, so it's very interesting to go through life like this and, and explore that. And it's also a lot of the premenstrual phase is just ritualizing and trying to come into, you know, you're about to turn that leaf again. And I do a lot of things to make my menstruation easier on me. Uh, and it's remarkable how comforting it is and how much easier it really has med made menstruation for me. But, uh, you know, it's also a time where you might want to rest or again, have start to gradually have less sex because your cervix is dropping in your body. So it's, it's getting harder. It's starting to become more sensitive. Like I'll sometimes feel some pain with sex during this time because my cervix is getting just, it's, it's not enough space and it can sometimes be more sensitive. So it's all about really respecting the body, like having really complete power over your decisions. So for some people, it's more strict than others, depending on the relationship between people and what they're comfortable with but I always try to you know be really uh, present about how my body is feeling and the type of sex that I'm looking for and you know it's really nice with with somebody that you're very close to that you can work on this with but it also can work for more casual partners too um, but we just need to also educate men about this it's another this is another aspect where like men could benefit their sex lives also from knowing this information and uh, from, sh you know, trying to share this with, with partners in a more open way, I think overall leads to more uh, positive sexual experiences, ones with lots of consent and lots of enthusiasm and just really an understanding that we change and we grow each month and we turn inward each month and it changes the way that you have sex because it, it is more rhythmic and um, things are just more open because of the knowledge and I, I really love that it's it's a beautiful thing because you're now like sharing the signs with each other and it brings you closer in so many different ways so it really bothers me when I hear from others who don't practice the method of course who say that this will without a doubt negatively impact your sex life and that the power in hormonal contraceptives is that they give you 
free freedom and and complete power over your sex life. And my experience was that it made me too sick and too depressed to have a good sex life, um, as well as having physical symptoms like chronic yeast infections and just very negative feelings physically and emotionally. It did not impact my sex life positively. And then to come upon this method and share that with uh, my partner and share it, really just share it with myself, has been uh, so life-changing in terms of, of sexuality. And I feel like I've grown a lot through that experience. So it's something... It's something that I really feel passionately about, that we need to give women the whole truth about what's happening to their bodies, and that they should be able to make the decisions over their sex life. And it's not to say that sex is a frivolous thing, because it's not, and there's more to it than contraception. There are other risks and there are other things that need to be explained. But what I can say is that hormonal birth control does not aid in that either. That it also creates a false sense of security in terms of sexuality being capitalistic, consumerist, frivolous, women's bodies exploited, women's bodies parceled out into parts, for pleasure, women's bodies always being available for sex. These are all themes to hormonal birth control and the lobby that pushes for uh, such heavy pharmaceutical use for fertility. Um, And even the most liberal uh, organizations, I find, also still push women away from fertility awareness, understanding into uh, the wonders of what the drugs can bring them. And I want to be someone to just say, you know, those drugs did not work for me. They actually negatively impacted my life. And I found another way. And this way has also positively impacted my sexuality in a way that, again, I I wasn't getting into it. to change my sex life or to have a better sex life, but that this was just a natural effect of becoming closer to my body and becoming literate in inside my body and in my mind. So that's really where, where I thought this podcast would go, to a place where I'm asserting that we are having control in our fertility is central to us having control to our sexuality. And that is something that seems obvious, but is masked through obtaining your fertility or infertility from pharmaceutical companies or doctors or from above sources rather than from inside ourselves, from an understanding of ourselves, from our power, from our core. And I hope that this can bring about some positivity in your sex life if you are just trying the method out. I know 
a lot of you have been compelled by some of the things that I've been saying, and I'm so grateful and happy about that. It really has changed my life. I, I'm blown away all the time by it, still. Just every time, I'm still blown. And uh, I hope that, you know, you can use this as a guide to sort of, you know, maybe think about your sex life or talk to your partner about it. Think about it in a different way and, and see what can be done to really get creative and enjoy yourself. This is all about maximizing enjoyment and feeling free and feeling secure and feeling good, positive things. Um, and not scared. We're constantly in a state of fear regarding fertility. And I, myself included, like Catholic school raised, it, it will stay with you, like even if you reject it, because it is so pervasive. So um, I hope that this can help you. And if you ever want to talk about it with me, please do. I'm really open to hearing how other people are operating and how it's different. Because I'm in a particular relationship and other people are in different places in their lives also practicing. So I want to get other perspectives of like how this is working for people and particularly on the sexuality end. I think that would be a really fascinating conversation. So definitely get at me if you're doing something fun. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, share it with someone. This concludes episode 10 of the Someone Somewhere podcast. Until next time.